I'll tell you, God moves like this. Sometimes I don't know which way what to do with him. It's kind of like carrying a baton in a relay race, and when you get to the end of you, ain't nobody to pass it off to. <laughs> get a hold of this thing, and it gets a hold of you, and then you won't pass it, and there ain't nobody there to pass it off to. So you just got to keep running with it. I appreciate the Lord today. Hallelujah. Go ahead and open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. I'm going to tell you, God really worked something in my spirit last night when I was preaching. I saw something about this word I hadn't seen. And I believe God's going to help us today to get a greater understanding. Does everybody understand where I'm going with this? Does everybody understand that Jesus became the Christ? Do you understand that? He became the Christ. I saw Jesus in here. I saw every step of this in this time of two weeks and seeking God and prayer and fasting. The Lord kept taking me into scenes in Jesus' life. And I saw every scene of his life all the way up to his resurrection and ascension where he put his blood on the mercy seat. And when he put his blood on the mercy seat, he became the Christ. Y'all hear me? He became the Christ. But I've seen everything that he'd done in his life that and the, the Spirit of God that was on him, it intertwined and they became one till he became the Christ. And now what is coming back to us in this fullness is going to be the Spirit of Christ, but it's going to involve the man, Christ Jesus. What's fixing to take hold of us and indwell in us it's not just the Spirit of God. It's the intertwining of the Spirit of God and the nature of that Jesus. And it's going to reveal Christ in us, but it's going to reveal the man. Everything he learned, all his wisdom, all his knowledge, and I'm fixing to show you all his understanding, everything he went through, conquered and overcame, that's coming back to us. The power to overcome sin is going to be revealed to us. Are y'all with me? This is the mystery of Christ. Because it is Christ in you. What is Christ? The combination of the Spirit of God and Jesus made one. Are y'all following me? I'm going to give you a paper at the end of the service day. I'm not going to give it to you beforehand. Because I don't want you sitting here reading while I'm trying to preach. But I'm going to give you everything God's revealed to me in these last three weeks. I wrote it out. It's about, what, three pages? Five? Five pages, everything God's revealed to me in these last three weeks, I've put it down the best I could on paper and gave you some scripture to give you all of them. Because God's still revealing this thing in me. I understand this. I see it. I know it. I believe it's becoming a part of me. But I've got to have it. You hear me? I've got to have this. I've got to have this Christ. I've got to have him revealed in me. But you're going to find as the crisis revealed in you, then the man part of him will be made manifest in your mortal flesh. I'm going to try to show you what I'm talking about. Some of y'all looking at me like I turned green and got two little antennas hanging off my head. No. I just know what God's doing in me. May not get it in words, but I know what God's doing in me. First Corinthians. Second chapter, ninth verse. 
But that is it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. And I'm going to make no apologies to y'all that God sometimes takes me into the depth of the Word, and I don't just preach an outward dress or a, you know. I mean, God just sometimes, He just takes us into the depths of the words in this church. But I thank God for that. I do, I thank God for it. That God chose us. God got to do it through somebody. God's word has to be fulfilled in somebody. Y'all hear me? Everything in this Bible is going to be fulfilled in somebody's life. And if I can be that vessel, thank God for it. Because I didn't choose me. I didn't choose me. Sometimes I tell the Lord, and I tell my wife all the time, I said, I said, I feel sorry for you from time to time. And I do. Because God is working a great work in her. And she's been able to begin to help a lot of people. But because of what I preach, people push back. People push back. Y'all hear me? People push back. And if any of y'all ever want my shoes, I'll let you walk in them. I'll let you walk in them. But I'm going to tell you something. You might want to give them back the time you get them on. Because it ain't everybody going to stand up to religious doctrine and teaching and preach the truth. Why? It's easier to go with the flow. It's easier to go with the flow. I know I've told y'all this before, but I had somebody give me a birthday card back in the 90s. Had this whole school of fish swimming this way and one fish going that way. I said, Brother Matter, you always swim against the tide. If it's religious doctrine and teaching that binds you down, I'll fight against it. Because that's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to make us free. Amen. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Whom the Son's made free, you're free indeed. Amen. It's time to get free. It's time to serve God in liberty. It's time to serve him in peace and joy and health and strength. Hallelujah. For the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What's the Holy Ghost? The Spirit of Christ. What's the Christ? The Spirit of God and Jesus intertwined. Woo. Y'all with me? Hallelujah. If I say it enough, y'all get with me. I think I'm at verse 11. And this is very important. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural Man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, 
For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. First Timothy, second chapter. And I know y'all know this because I probably quoted it a hundred times in the last three weeks. Verse 5, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God, one mediator. Mediator is an intercessor, a go-between, a negotiator. Y'all hearing me? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for us to be testified in due time. Gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. I'm going to Hebrews, the eighth chapter. And I'm going to get some of these scriptures behind me, but I will be coming back to some of them. When you get there with me, say amen. Oh, I feel Jesus in a great way today. Hallelujah. And I just feel like something good's about to happen. I know the Lord is going to bring the spirit of this that I'm preaching into our revival in April. And I believe we're going to receive something we had never had. I do. I believe it's going to be revealed to the people that are hungry. Y'all need to get that prophecy God spoke last night. Strong, strong spirit of God fell in here last night. You need to get that and go back and listen to it. I'm in Hebrews 8 and verse 6. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant, which which was established upon better promises. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been found for the second. For finding fault with him, he saith, Behold, the day comes, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their heart. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to them, their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Now, that is a great promise right there. In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now, that which decayeth and waxes old is truly ready to vanish away. Hallelujah. I don't know how I'm going to title this yet. This is something I want to do first. Hallelujah. 
have to erase it in a few minutes. But y'all will get the idea. And I hope everybody can see this. If you don't, I'll tell you what it says. Y'all pardon my little T there. Say you run out of room. Old Testament, New Testament. Go back over to verse 6 in Hebrews 8. You with me? But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant. He's the go-between between the Old Testament and the New. He's that bridge. Y'all ever thought about this? Something's got to take you from the Old to the New. Because I'm going to tell you, a lot that's in the church today is the legalism of the law. Will anybody agree with that? So what is it? It said he had, he had a better covenant. He had a better ministry. A more excellent ministry. That was built on better promises. Nobody could keep that Old Testament. Nobody could keep the, the works of the law. So God himself finding fault with it. It's what the Word's telling you. Y'all listen to me. See, y'all never thought about Jesus being a mediator between the old and the new. But it's right there in the, it's right there in the Word. For if the first covenant, verse 7, had been faultless, the Old Testament had been faultless, then there should have been there should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them. There was fault in this right here. This was all do's and don'ts and can and can'ts. You know how many churches today all they preach is do's and don'ts and can and can'ts. Can't do this, can't do that. Can't go here, can't go there. Just can't, 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 can't. So something has got to get us from the old to the new. The Bible said Jesus is the mediator of this new covenant. He's the mediator of this. I can't remember which book it's in. But Paul said that the law was a schoolmaster to bring us unto faith. I think it's Galatians, but I'm not sure. It's a schoolmaster. In other words, everything written in that law was what we're supposed to do. And when it, once it brought us to faith, 
Then faith made the law alive, made the word alive. Are y'all following with me? And once we got faith, we don't no longer need the schoolmaster. Galatians. Let's turn over there. Sometimes I've got to bring things to my mind when I'm preaching. I didn't, it's hard for me to stop and look scripture up while I'm preaching. Galatians 3 and 24. Do what, Sister Brenda? It probably is. I knew it was in Galatians somewhere there. All right, 3. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. Oh, I'm sorry, forgive me. To bring us unto Christ. <laughs> what is the Christ? Jesus and the Spirit of God made one. Yeah. The man part of Jesus and the Spirit of God that lived in made one. Both God and man. He was God and man. He still is God and man. He not only felt your infirmities then, he feels them now. What feels them? The man. The man. So here he said the law was a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. So that's what bridges that gap. That's what the mediator is. It bridges that gap. It's a go-between. It's so you can come from the understanding of the law to the understanding of the Christ. Amen? Because Jesus fulfilled everything in the law. He fulfilled everything in the law. He became the sin sacrifice for what the blood of bulls and goats could not do, nor the ashes, nor the sprinkling of a heifer. They couldn't do it. Hebrews 10. Law couldn't do it. Blood of bulls and goats, ashes of a heifer, could not forgive sin. Could not bring the man to the spiritual maturity God wanted him to come to. There was a fall. So, there being a change in the priesthood, there had to be a change in the law also. Are y'all following with me? Because the priesthood changed. It went from the order of Aaron to the order of Melchizedek. The order of Aaron was made after the law of carnal commandments. The order of Melchizedek was made after the power of an endless life. I'm fixing to go somewhere with this. Y'all stay with me. We're just on the boring part right now. But the law was the schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. Please get it in your spirits what the Christ is. The Christ is the man and God that become one, but yet still retains the humanity of the man. And the Spirit of Christ is the Holy Ghost, which is coming back in the fullness to live in us, and it's what it's going to bring. It ain't just going to bring the God, it's going to bring the humanity of the man. It ain't just going to bring the humanity of the man. It's going to bring the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the compassion, the mercy. It's going to bring everything Jesus accomplished on this earth. It's going to bring it back to us. 
and his life, as I preached last night, the life of Jesus will be made manifest in our mortal flesh. See, you need to start thinking. You need to start breaking it down. All right. What is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Christ. What is the Christ? The man and God combined. Am I making sense to anybody? So if the Spirit of the man and God combined is coming back to live in us, we ain't going to just get one. We're going to get both of them. We're going to get both of them. Amen? I know some of y'all don't hear anything. Y'all, I, I tell you, first time I ever went to India, I got so tickled. And then people over there, you'd ask them something, and they wouldn't say yes, and they wouldn't say no. They just kind of roll their heads like this. And you didn't know if they are saying yes or no. They still do it today. You can be talking to one of them, you say you understand, they'll go. You don't know if they're saying yes or no. But generally, that means yes. And some of y'all, when I ask you if you, you understand, you're kind of, I want you to understand this reason I'm taking time to explain it. I believe we need to understand this. Because I'm telling you, this is the mystery of the Christ. This is the mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ in you is the combination of God and man in you. Y'all following me? That's what Christ in you is. That's what the Holy Ghost is. See, before all we thought about the Holy Ghost was, man, when it comes in, it feels good. Feel glory bumps. Shout. Praise God. Talk in tongues. Might even dance a little bit. We've seen a little bit of the gifts. A few healings, a few miracles. Those are all manifestations of the Holy Ghost. It's not what it is. Now God's trying to show us what he is. Not just what he does, what he is. So you need to start considering with the Spirit of Christ when the Holy Ghost comes in this that I'm preaching. And there's a baptism coming. Oh, there's a baptism coming. Well, Brother Bender, what have I got right now? I know I've got something in God, but I can tell you one thing. I don't have this. I don't have this knowledge of, the, of, of Jesus. I don't have this knowledge of the Christ. I don't have it. I can tell you I don't have it. If I had it, my sin nature would be dead. If I had it, I'd be dead to the world. I'd be dead to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. Which one to leave out? Pride of life? I'd be dead to all that. I'm sorry, I still got some flesh. It's alive. And so do y'all. It's like Brother Harlan said, we're selfish. I'll blame this on you. That's what he said, we're selfish. We don't want to give God control. We won't give God enough control that we trying to convince ourselves that God's in control. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You sow to your flesh corruption, you're going to reap corruption. But if you sow to your spirit, man, 
You're going to reap life everlasting. So don't try to make God think that he's in control when you still got a death grip on him reigns. <laughs> well, here, God, you sit right here in the driver's seat with me, and I'll let you hold one rein, I'll hold the other. I don't think so. God don't need your help. He got all by himself. Can anybody say amen? Sister Gail, God don't need your help. You went for years. And I'm not picking on her. But she went for years. Telling herself God was in control. And all the stuff she was doing. She was doing it because she loved God. It just is messed up. <laughs> but see, flesh was telling her, you're okay. And she had a heart to help people. But let me tell you something. Before you can help people, you get yourself established. Because you ain't established, you ain't settled, you ain't solid in God, you ain't going to help people. You walk in confusion and division and upsetness every day in your life and your life stays in a turmoil, you ain't helping nobody and you can't help yourself. Amen? You ain't helping nobody. Y'all get this with me? We good right here? All right, we're fixing to move on. And I hope I'm going to be able to relate this the way God put it in my spirit. Somewhere I'm going to get that ability that what God gives me, I can get it to y'all the way God gives it to me. Man, then we can all shout together. <laughs> okay. Instead of making God blue, I'm going to make him red. Maybe that'll liven y'all up some. Okay. I'm going to try not to color myself up with these. Sometimes I get them in my hand, get to going. All right, I want y'all to go with me to where I want to go. Y'all hang on just a second. Yeah, Philippians, third chapter. I believe y'all will play, pay close attention. We'll get there. Can everybody see that? I'll be big enough for everybody to see. Is that big enough for you to see, Ellie? Philippians 3, y'all with me? Verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Do y'all see that? Paul said, I'm looking for something. I'm searching for something. And everything in my life that I had gained, I counted it loss. Now follow with me. Follow with me. Yea, and doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge 
of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Paul said there is a knowledge in Christ Jesus, the resurrected man. There's an excellency of that knowledge that he obtained as a man walking on this earth that has been placed in him now as the resurrected man or as the Christ. I need that knowledge. I need that. Not just the knowledge of God. I need that knowledge of Christ Jesus. I need that knowledge of that resurrected man. Are y'all following me? And he said, everything I've gained, I count it loss that I may win Christ. What's Christ? Jesus and God combined, made one. Jesus and the Spirit of God became the Christ. Y'all going to get this somewhere. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? He became the Christ. He became the Christ. Follow his life. Follow everything he went through. Follow him to the cross. Follow him to the burial. Now, the man Jesus died on the cross. He was put in the tomb. If he didn't resurrect and become the Christ, where is he and what is he? He resurrected, became the Christ. So Jesus became the Christ. He ain't just a body floating out there in limbo somewhere. Resurrected man, glorified body, fullness of God living in him, but still man. Are y'all following with me? Now, let's go to First Timothy, second chapter, back to verse 5. I'm not, probably not going to use a lot of scriptures today, but I hope what I'm telling you is going to sink in. And you're going to get your feet set in it like quick set concrete. And I know some of you brothers that know what I'm talking about. They make a thing called J.B. Weld, but they make a thing called J.B. Weld quick. You can, you can use J.B. Weld, and it'll work. It takes us several hours, but you can use J.B. Uh, JB Weld quick. Man, 15, 20 minutes, it's done. I don't want y'all to use J.B. Weld. I want y'all to use some J.B. Well quick. Amen? Verse 5, you with me? For there is one God right here. One God. And one mediator. Okay, I'm going to do this different. Y'all bear with me. We're going to make this down here, men. One mediator between God and men, the man, See what I've done? 
the man, the anointing, and the man. There is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Paul said that I may know him in the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now, go back to 1 Corinthians. Second chapter. Y'all with me? For what man, verse 11, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? All right, right here. Y'all look at me. First Corinthians, second chapter, 11th verse. Y'all look at me right here. The spirit of man is in this right here. The spirit of man is in this right here. That knows the things that are in man because it has the spirit of man. So, for the things that God knows, because the spirit of man don't know the things of God. The spirit of God only knows the things of God. So, for the spirit of God and the things of God to get here and the things of men to get back to here, There's got to be a mediator. So what is in Jesus as a man can communicate to God through the man part and what is in God that wants to minister to the spirit of God into man can come through the Christ part. (laughs) Or as they used to say back in the 60s, very interesting. Y'all see what I'm saying? Man don't know nothing about God. He don't know nothing about God and can't understand the things of God. So how is man going to communicate with God? God can't reveal the things of God unto man except by the Spirit of God. So there's got to be a go-between because if there's not a go-between, there's a disconnect. What's the mediator? The man, Christ, the anointing, Jesus, the flesh. So the Christ relates the things of God between God and man. And the Jesus relates the things of man between God and man. Is you with me, church? Then somebody say amen. Do you understand? You with me, son? Good, ain't it? I preached on these scriptures for years and never seen it. I said, man don't understand things of God, and he don't. They're foolishness to him. And God don't understand things of man. They're foolishness to him. Man is the most infinite, infinite wisdom. It's foolishness in the eyes of God. You look at the smartest man to ever live, and God looks at him as a fool. Why? Because God in his wisdom in his simplest, basic wisdom, is foolishness to man. You hear me? And man in his most smart, 
intellect, it's foolishness to God. So there's got to be a bridge. There's got to be a bridge. This is why God done it this way. This is why God done it this way. What is coming back to live in us in the fullness, you're going to find it's going to be the humanity of the Jesus along with the wisdom and knowledge and understanding that he obtained with the fullness of God living in him. But he is going to express himself as the man. Not the carnality, not the sin nature. That's going to be dead. The humanity. Because I'm going to tell you something. It takes knowledge to work miracles. It takes wisdom to work miracles. It takes understanding to have healings. Are y'all with me? Everything Jesus done, he gained experience. Everything he done, he gained integrity. Everything he done on this earth became a part of his character. And as he intertwined with the Spirit of God, it became a divine nature. And Hebrews 4, I believe it is. No, I'm sorry, it's First Peter. I believe it's 1 in 4. It says, God has given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these we can become a partaker of the divine nature. Because you ain't going to do it on your own. Because I'm going to tell you something. Everything we've known about the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to keep repeating this, we've never looked at it as one thing as the Christ. We just, whoa, I got the Spirit of God. I can talk in tongues. I got some gifts. We never looked at it as one thing of knowledge. We never looked at one thing of wisdom. We've never looked at one thing that Jesus obtained on this earth as being a part of the Holy Ghost. We've always separated Jesus and the Holy Ghost. We've always separated the Christ and the Holy Ghost. But you can't separate them now. You can't separate them now. You talk about the Spirit of Christ now, you're talking about the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God manifested itself all down through the ages. The Bible says, well spake Isaiah the prophet by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost moved on men all through the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Luke 1 and 15, it says, prophesied about John the Baptist, said he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost. That was all a manifestation of just the Spirit of God moving on man. But then in John 7, when Jesus cried out and said, Let him that is thirsty come drink of me. And this he spake, that out of your belly should flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Holy Ghost. He spake of it by the Spirit. But it couldn't happen because the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So the glorified Jesus became the Christ and the Spirit of Christ is the Holy Ghost that's coming back to dwell in us in the fullness. I just must be in a drawing mood today. Everybody get this? Well, y'all can go out today and say, well, what brother better do? He drew on the whiteboard all service. Drew us all kind of good stuff. <laughs> now, I'll see if I can 
get y'all to understand this. Bible says in Acts 10, 38, and I can quote this. I love this scripture. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth Okay, we got Jesus. How God anointed him. Holy Ghost. And power. Everything that Jesus done... He gradually became one with the Father. Can y'all see that? Y'all really see that? So, you've got Jesus, you got the Holy Ghost in power. When he went to that cross, the man died. But not only did the man die, I told y'all there was a reason that Jesus was raised immortal and incorruptible and nobody else was. Everybody's been raised from the dead has been raised back to the mortal. They've been raised back to the corruptible. They've been raised back to the carnal mind. What happened to Jesus? That he was not. He was born again. He was born again. The Bible plainly says in Acts 13 that thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. This he spake concerning raising Jesus from the dead. So when the carnality was gone, when the sin nature was gone, there was nothing to make him mortal. There was nothing to make him corruptible. (laughs) That was a big one, wasn't it, Brother Harlan? (laughs) Hang with me. I'm not trying to give y'all more than you can understand. But I want you to understand what God's given you. Hopefully, it won't be too much longer. I, I got this book all I'm trying to get it together. It just seems like every time I go to work on it, something comes up. So, he was born again. He was raised incorruptible. He was raised immortal. When he put his blood on the mercy seat after he ascended, and y'all listen to this, that's when he became our merciful and faithful high priest. Are y'all with me? Took on the fullness of God, come back to earth, and prepared his disciples to receive this spirit. Started getting them ready. Started instructing them on things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Okay? So, he was resurrected. Sorry about that. (laughs) He was resurrected. He ascended. This went together. Become the Christ. Okay? Am I making sense to you so far? 
he became the Christ. The spirit of this Christ is the Holy Ghost. Different manifestation of the Holy Ghost that spoke to Isaiah. Different manifestation than was in Elizabeth, John the Baptist, Zacharias. Why? Because this couldn't happen till Jesus was glorified. Oh, boy, I'm messing with y'all now, I can tell. <laughs> this couldn't happen till he was glorified. Said the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. John 7, you can read it for yourself. I believe it's like 41, something like that. But it's in there. Let me let me let me give it to you so y'all won't be. I tried to explain it to you, children. <laughs> guess I should just take my time and not seven and thirty-nine. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. He said in John fourteen and sixteen. My Father shall send you another comforter. What he was saying was, what's coming back to you is different than what I am right now. It's different. It's different, children. In John 16, he said, it is necessary that I go away. For if I go not away, that comforter, he can't come. Why couldn't he come? The comforter that was coming back was the spirit of the Christ. And Jesus had to die, be resurrected, and be glorified before that spirit could come back. Because it's not just bringing back the God, it's bringing back the man. Somebody say amen or oh me. <laughs> this is the mystery of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is a combination of the man and God living in you. Everything you do, when we receive this, I know I've got something in God. I can't tell you what I've got. But I know I didn't get what the early church got. But no, I know I'm fixing to get the fullness of this. And I think God is revealing this at the right time to condition us. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you don't know what you got, you ain't going to know how to use it. But you're going to find the divine nature of the Jesus, the man, the humanity of him. Because you go back and check how God created man, there was no sin nature. There was no evil. There was no carnality. Man lived without evil for thousands of years, if you understand creation. There ain't no telling how long man lived without evil. And he lived in the dominion and the fullness of God, living in him. But there was no evil there. There was no carnal mind. There was no sin nature. So therefore, there being no carnal mind, there being no sin nature, man was not made to die. He was not made to die. Sin is what kills man. Do you all understand that? The Lord said in the day that you eat of the knowledge of, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're going to die. You're going to die. And he did. He died physically and he died spiritually. Am I making sense to anybody? 
I said, Brother Metter, you way out there. I could go a lot further and really mess you up, but I ain't going to. <laughs> I could go way on out there and saw the limb off behind me, but I ain't going to. Not today, anyhow. I think I took you about as far as you need to go today. But Jesus was made the exact opposite. The word conceived in Mary's womb brought forth a flesh, blood, and bone child. He grew up with every attribute of man. Grew up with every emotion. Grew up with the heartache, the sorrow, the grief. He feels. He felt every emotion you feel. He still feels it. Everything you were tempted with, he knows what it's like. He was there. He still knows what it's like. Why? The man part of him is still alive. The man part of him is still alive. He knows the pressures. He knows the heartache. He knows the sorrows. He understands the working of the enemy. Jesus could at any time have said, I don't want to do this. He had that choice. It was a choice for Jesus to go to the cross. When he bowed his knees in that garden and he said, Father, not my will, but thine be done, right there the man actually died. And the will of God took over completely. He actually died right there because he surrendered totally to the will of God. He surrendered totally. Amen. That's where he he died, actually, was in the garden. As far as his will. Are y'all following with me? Now, you stop and think. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then you go down, that's John 1 and 1. Then you go down to verse 14 in the first chapter of John. It says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word was made flesh. So, let's go back in eons of time. And let's see God talking to the living word. He said, there's coming a day that I'm going to send you to earth. But I am going to conceive you in a woman's womb. You're going to be birthed a flesh and blood and bone body. And you're going to come in the likeness of sinful flesh. You ain't going to have the power or the glory you have right now. You're going to walk as a man. There will be a certain knowledge that I will put in you because you are my son. He placed that knowledge in him. Jesus had no special powers he was made like we are but because of what he knew and understood he knew what his purpose was and he made that choice he made that choice he knew that he was going to go through this life on earth going to be lied on talked about persecuted tempted go through all these trials Did y'all know that Jesus lived with the reputation of being a bastard child? He had to bear that reproach his whole life. Even the Jews in John 8 said, well, we be not born of fornication as you are. I mean, they just rubbed it in his face. He went through all that. Every time he turned around, the devil's trying to mess him up. Defeated the devil with the temptation in the wilderness. And then he come down to the time he was fixing to go, go to the cross. He said, Father, 
glorify me with the glory that I had with you before the world was. Now, Lord, I've come to this time. This is mine and your agreement that I have come to this earth. I have gave up everything. I have walked on this earth as a flesh and blood and bone man. By your word and by the measure of spirit that lived in me, I have done everything you have asked me to do. I'm fixing to go sacrifice my body on the cross. I am going to fulfill the law. I am going to obtain eternal redemption for your seed. And now I want the glory that I had with you before the world was. Glorify me, Father, with thine own self. became the Christ in the spirit of what he became so it's coming back to us in the fullness we may not get the fullness first pop but we're going to get a whole lot more than we got right now now everything he's done in his life and in his death the spirit of it it's going to be with him. And it's going to be in you. Y'all hear me? Everything that he conquered in life. Everything that he conquered in death. It ain't going to be long. I'm going to walk down the street. And I'm going to have the keys of hell and death hanging on my belt. Why? He did it. His spirit's coming back to me. The power over sin, this body of sin is going to be destroyed. I ain't going to have to fight this old carnal nature very much longer. Y'all hear me? Why? The spirit of him. The spirit of him. The Bible said that in his flesh, he abolished the enmity. You hear me? He done it in his flesh. He conquered sin as a man. He didn't do it as a God. He done it as a man with God living in him. So everything that he done, coming back to dwell in us. I ain't talking about something no 30 years down the road. I'm talking about something close. I'm talking about an act of God that's close. It's close. Y'all hear me? That's why there's so much pressure being put on people. That's why there's so much distraction, so much confusion, so many forces of hell that has come against people. That's why anything the devil can get you to do to fall, he's going to get you to fall. Because the kingdom's at stake. This that I'm preaching, this that God's revealing, this Christ, the spirit of it, wants to come take its abode in you. And he said, the Lord whom you seek is going to suddenly come to his temple. You ever read the word of God where Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly? Church has always told you that's no. He fixed to come quickly right here. He said, I will do a short work. That word short means quick. Look it up. And he said, I'm going to cut it short in righteousness. He's bringing his righteousness, he's bringing his holiness, he's bringing his godliness. He's bringing his cleanliness. He's bringing his power. He's bringing his love. He's bringing his mercy. 
his compassion, his tenderheartedness, his forgiveness, and all the knowledge he gained as a man, walking this earth in a ministry and fighting the devil, conquering the devil, casting out devils, having miracles, all that's coming to us. It's coming to us in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, in the fullness of God. It's coming to us, and we're going to know what to do. Why? Well, I don't erased it now. But for the things of God to get to man, it's got to come through the Christ. The Christ is man in God's midst. Y'all understand it? You have no communication with God unless you go through Him. God has no communication with you unless it comes through Him. You hear me? God ain't going to speak to your carnal man. He ain't going to speak to your carnal man. No, he ain't. He's going to communicate with him. He'll communicate in a, in a portion what we got right now. How many times, Lisa, have we read the book of Acts? How many times have we read the book of Acts? Peter up on the housetop. The Lord spoke, said, Peter, there's three men down there. They've come from... They've they've come from the house of Cornelius. They've come from a certain place. There's three men down uh, go down there. I've sent them. Go with them. Doubt nothing. And on the other end, God had spoke to Cornelius. Said, "Send to the house of Joppa, to the house of Simon the Simon the Tanner by the seaside." Why don't God speak that plainly now? Because we are not in that measure of the Christ being revealed. And when it gets revealed, God's going to speak that plain. Have you ever asked God, God, why don't you talk that plain to me? Anybody ever ask God that? It could be in a, in a sense. It could be. But we don't see God speak that plain now. I mean, sometimes we'll have a dream. God will show us something. Man, we got to pray and seek God and beat our brains out to get interpretation on a dream. And how many times I told God, why don't you just talk to me plain? Why don't you just talk to me like you did in the Bible? Why? Because the man in the God part, they had a measure of it. We're going to get the fullness of it. There'll be an open line of communication. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. I feel like God's helped us today. Any of y'all feel like God's helped us? I appreciate the Lord when he does things like this. Amen. The man Christ Jesus. John 17. Should start right at the first. I'll turn over and read it real quick. John 17. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that thou might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. 
I have finished thy work which thou gavest me to do, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. The glory of the Father and the glory of the Son is coming to live in you. Why? Because the Father's in the Son. He that has the Son has the Father. He that has not the Father hath not the Son. And he that hath not the Son hath not the Father. If you got one, you got the other. Amen. So just the way it works. As I'm going to tell you, when we get this, your life is going to be hid in God, with God, in Christ. I think that's the way it says. Your life's going to be hid with God, in Christ, or in God with Christ. It's in Colossians, third chapter. But your life's going to be hid with Christ, in God. Amen. Or with God in Christ. Let me just turn over and read it. Oh, my goodness. Not trying to belabor the point, but I do want it right. Colossians 3rd chapter, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Woo! Thing just gets gooder and gooder. I told Christopher last night, I said, man, this is like a ditch. He just kind of looked at me and said, the more you cut on it, the bigger it gets. This revelation kind of like a ditch. The more you dig on it, the bigger it gets. Amen. You appreciate the Lord. Let's ask God to put the spirit of this word in our heart. Precious Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace, your goodness, your love, your compassion. And Father, I thank you above all for revealing yourself. I truly feel this is a mystery. God, you told us you're going to break seals, open revelations. Open mysteries that have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. God, thank you for being mindful of your people. Thank you for loving your people. And thank you, Lord, for conditioning us and getting us ready. Let the word and the spirit of this word, God, I don't know where this is going to end. But I love you and I thank you and I glorify you. And I pray your people can get a hold of this. I give you honor and glory. Jesus' name, amen. Does anybody need prayer? You do.